Hey sisters, this is a recording where I got to be the guest on the Just As We Are podcast with Katrina Lilly. So she was so kind in sending me this file so I could share it with you. It's Christmas week. I know everybody is super busy this week and I want to encourage you to stay strong, stay focused, and if you need anything, do not hesitate to reach out. I will be available this week in the Set Free Sisterhood group. So if anything kind of jumps out and you're having some troubles and that phone feels like a thousand pounds before you choose to drink that bottle of wine or that six pack of beer, sister, I encourage you to reach out. Have an awesome week. Merry Christmas. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us on the Just As We Are podcast. I'm so grateful you're here and I cannot wait for you to share your story. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you and I love following your podcast. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And you know, it's so amazing. I, I talk about this almost every episode, but I truly am grateful for, you know, technology and these groups that we all meet in. Like many of my guests are women that I meet through online platforms, you know, through somebody who knows somebody. And it's just so cool that we all get to come together and be in this beautiful space and, you know, share our stories so that we let other women know that they're not alone out there and hopefully empower them in some way. I totally agree. Some of my best friends are friends now that I've never actually met in person. So I have in-person friends, but it's so cool. I agree. I think this, that that is where social media is, brings such good. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Most definitely. So share, first off, just like tell the listeners where you're from, a little bit about who you are, and uh, we'll start there. Okay, sounds good. So I live in the upstate of South Carolina, and um, you can probably tell by my accent (laughs) that there's some Southern there. I've lived here my entire life. I'm definitely um, kind of what they call um, homegrown, so I love meeting all types of people. And I have uh, two biological girls. I have a son I adopted in uh, 2017. So that's kind of an interesting part of the the transition of my story. But um, yeah, it's interesting. A little bit of my story is I actually podcast now too. And what got me there was, which is typically kind of what we hear is when we go through a really tough place in our lives and in a journey, typically you know, I feel like I've always heard, you know, um, the message is in your mess. So then that can kind of spur you on to doing something more of what you're called to be in. So, um, yeah, just let me know how you want to kind of jump into my story and what specifically your listeners might want to hear from me. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, you know, that it is so, I think, very timely that you are here, especially as a fellow sober woman who knows what it's like to be in the depths, because we are in that time of year where it's amplified. Now, granted, in my opinion, drinking has been amplified this year specifically. Um, We know that those rates are on the rise. And women are feeling, not just women, but people in general are feeling especially lost this year and during this time and our coping mechanism all of our stuff is starting to show and come out and we don't know how to deal with it and um so i just want you if you would just you know start where you feel best about where you were at what was it like what was going on with you and how did you identify that there was a problem going on 
Okay, great. And yes, um, before I do that, I will, I totally agree. And I actually have pulled some numbers recently to share with my listeners about um, alcohol purchasing and just the sales that have gone up and the amount of people who are identifying as drinking too much, quote unquote, and just the rate of the extreme loneliness that's happening, which is also a trigger. And then of course it's November and when we're recording this, so going into the holidays is a whole nother issue. So for me, um, just to kind of, you know, jump through it a little bit, bounce around. My first drink was at a teenager, you know, I was just very interested in, in trying things and it was never something that really stuck. But I remember now looking back as most of us know, when we're on the other side of our journey, then we can look back with a different view and go, ah, you know, that was interesting. But I do remember really enjoying it. And I remember it sort of relaxed me in a way that I wasn't so like self-conscious or insecure as a teenager. And then, you know, fast forward, I graduated, always very disciplined, very successful. If you know anything about um, the Enneagram, I'm an eight and we just get it done and, and make things happen. We're super, um, we're extroverted and we, we, you know, are great leaders. We're great entrepreneurs, but then there's the side of us that we don't want to be vulnerable either. And so now that I look back, I'm like, oh, that's probably so much to do with it. That gave me that feeling of, you know, that calm to where I, if I was exposed, I didn't even realize it. So in my 20s, it was interesting because I worked at an advertising agency and we would go out a good bit. And what really kind of spurred on for me, it ended up being a lot of red wine was the, um, the coolness and the culture of it all. It just felt super fancy. You know, my friends actually, we, we started a book club and um and then a wine club and it really became well let's get together and have fun and drink wine and eat fancy foods but i knew then that i just didn't have a cutoff switch you know we had some ladies that came and um drank a few or had you know a glass and truly tasted and then just kind of went fast forward for me it was it was something that i just i drank it till it was gone and so that was in my later 20s. But what's interesting, particularly about my story and how I like to talk to other women is that this was not something that like just continued. It, it's like it showed up in my life for a season and then I wouldn't drink and then it would show up for another season and then I wouldn't drink. So in my mind, I thought, well, I'm fine. You know, this is no big deal. This is just a phase. And so I got, you know, got a little older, got married, um, you know, had children and in between, you know, I would have some times where I would be drinking, but it was after my last child that was, I was about 34 and 35. And I just remember then there was just no reason to even, you know, I wouldn't have any more children. So we got to, you know, I would find, we had certain friends that was whether we were cooking out or we had a wine night. And I just found that it was just always there and that's just what you did and then i realized well it's just part of the culture women drink red wine it's cool it's fancy it's just normalized and it wasn't until probably i would say maybe 2015 ish 2014 that i began to have those thoughts that women have that once we know we're there we're like hmm i wonder if i'm drinking too much you know that's kind of where the first thought comes from 
Mm -hmm. Am I drinking too much? And so for me, I would just kind of maybe mention it to a friend. They're like, oh, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, really? I kind of just not sure. (laughs) And you know how they love to validate us, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. Especially if they're drinking too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, but then I just found, you know, not to be, you know, too long, but I just found that it wasn't that anymore. I was over here raising kids, going to work, super disciplined, you know, that was super important to me that, okay, I'm this woman who goes to work and shows it for my kids and cooks dinner and I'm active and I'm working out. But yet wine slowly just became earlier in the day. I would skip a workout. Um, There's a lot of mind drama, right? Like, when can I drink? Oh, where are my kids? well, I can't drink and drive, so I'm going to make sure that they're home first or like don't let them go on the play date because then I don't want to not be able to drink because then I won't be able to get them, you know, really strategizing my husband driving because he wasn't really drinking. And all this stuff was happening only in me behind the scenes. No one had a clue. Yeah. And then, you know. I want to say right there, it's so interesting because I remember that like planning to drink became such a big job. Yep. It was hard work. Yeah. It's exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting. And then, you know, when, when you get past it, you're like, oh my gosh, look how much freedom I have in my brain now. This is amazing. Yeah. So it just got to the point where, you know, 2017, uh, well, 2015, I took in my son, we had him in and out of the court system. You know, it was super, super stressful. So my stress levels went up the adoption was final in 2017. And I was just like, at that point, drinking every single day, uh, at least a bottle a day, but still no one knew. No one outside of me knew. My husband knew, you know, he saw what was going on, but nobody else knew. I was functioning just fine, but I knew this is just not, it's not serving me anymore. But then when I would try to stop on my own, it was like the mind drama increased tenfold, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would go a day or two and then, you know, I just did a challenge called ditch the wine witch. And that's what it felt like. You go a couple of days and there's this little witch going, well, just have one. It's fine. And what's the big deal? You don't have a problem. You've already gone a couple of days. You don't, it's, it's no big deal. Just have some. And then the next thing, you know, you're back into it. You're having, you know, just not, I wouldn't say like hangovers, but I never just felt good and full of energy. I wasn't getting quality sleep. I just had the brain fog. And it was just miserable, but it wasn't until there was a point in 2018 that I remember it was, I call it my bathtub moment. I was just in the tub. It was dark outside. I had candles burning and I'm sitting there probably on my fourth glass of wine in the tub. And I just remember thinking, gosh, I just cannot do this anymore. Like if I keep going down this path and it brings emotion every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, if I keep going down this road, like, it's not going to be good. And I just can't do this. And I remember, I remember hearing a voice that said, well, just surrender. Mm. Just surrender. You cannot do this anymore on your own. Wow. And those of you who are strong willed and you're an eight (laughs) and you just get stuff done. It's like, we want to do it all by ourselves. And I knew in that moment, I said, that was the voice of God. It was him saying, look, I have to give you your strength. That's step one. And then we'll work together. And so that was it. It was August 8th, 2018. 
8-8-2018, and that was my, that was it. That was my day one, and then here I am now ever since with that clean alcohol. I call it alcohol-free because that just feels good to me to say that. Wow. Congratulations. That's huge. That's Thank so you. huge. I love it so much. And it's, it's just, I, I hear my, I already hear myself in your story. And that's why I love when we share these stories, because there's always a piece of it and everybody's story looks different, but there are such common themes. So what have you been able to do since then to stay sober? Are you, did you work it on your own? Um, have you been through programs? What are, I mean, what are some of the things that have helped you? Because I I know those first, that first year is not an easy one. Mm -hmm. None of them are necessarily easy, but that first year is not an easy one. Exactly. Well, and I can say that, you know, when women ask me, like, you know, when do you get to that? And never, like you said, everyone's journey is different, but I felt like it was for me, like the first six months was kind of a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And then once I got there, I felt a little, you know, like, a little foundation under my feet. And it's interesting because I did a lot of things. I read so many books that were, they call them quit lit now. Um, uh, podcasting. I actually did try AA. I went to favor, celebrate recovery. Now I had the reason why I did enjoy celebrate recovery is because I am a believer mm -hmm. and they are, they're focused with um, everything's biblical for that group. And it was right up the street. And so I connected with some really cool people there very great group of people. And then I just really started learning. I was just absorbing everything. Like what can I do to help with the mind drama and what can I do with, you know, other options, routine changes, setting boundaries with my family. Like all the things that I did were every day looked a little different because I just needed to find my little groove and um, I just began to get stronger and stronger. And then in 2019, I felt a clear call to become a life coach and start a podcast. And I didn't, you know, the podcasting was mainly because I had heard so many other podcasts that I thought, wow, what was so cool about that with wanting to um, remove alcohol was the fact that like, when you hear somebody talk about it, like you said earlier, it's like, oh, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. She's been there you know, and I knew that, that there was many, many women that have sat in the exact seat that I've sat in and had the same emotions that I've had and the same struggles. But then I knew that I wanted to be a little more educated to be able to truly help them. So that's where I'm at now is just getting to the place where I got certified as a coach because I really, my goal is just to, to bridge the gap so that they don't just, you know, it's one thing to really like, I'm all about having a, some sort of faith so that you can have that to hold on to, but then also have a little bit more of a strategic plan instead of just out here grasping for everything, because it's easy to slip up if you don't have a, a straight road. And so that's really where I, I got into the coaching part. Cause I want, I really want to just build a bridge. I want to be like, girlfriend, I don't want you to have to go through all the things I did. And because you're going to find it on your own, but let me hold your hand and kind of walk with you and help you through some of this. Yeah. What I'm, what would you say to the woman that's out there? She's like, she has that inkling because, you know, I believe we all have that inkling. We all know if there's a problem or not, we wouldn't be thinking about it at all. It wouldn't come up in our mind at all if we didn't think it was a problem. But what would you say to that woman 
who is out there with that inkling. And she's like, but you know, I just, I don't know what else to do. I don't know where to turn. I don't even know how to live my life without it because it really is, you are a fish out of water, almost literally. And um, where do you go first? What do you do? What do you go, where do you go first? Mm, That's a good question. I would say the very first thing to do is to speak it to someone you trust. We have to get it out of our bodies and our minds and it's a type of confession in a way. It releases it and it, it, it just matters when you're able to hear yourself say it, mm-hmm. you know, and then there just becomes a little bit more of a, oh, okay, I got that out. Now what? And then um, it would be really deciding on wh- what's next for you and seeing, you know, have you been able to quit on your own? Have you researched any groups? You know, have you looked up coaching or connected on podcasts, things like that? And I think that's why, you know, you and I do what we do and love to put it out there because it really opens the door for them to go, oh, okay, I've been listening to her for a while. So I feel like I know her and she can relate to me. So I would suggest to them too, you know, take the time to just really, to really listen and, you know, look for those podcasts and read those books, but find someone that you feel like you can, you know, trust and build a relationship with and then go from there. I love that so much uh, because, you know, there's so, there's so much power in one admitting it, saying it out loud and taking it out of your head and putting it out into the, into the world to, to that person that you can trust. And if it's, and right now, if it's just the universe or God or whatever it is you believe, then that's, that's enough for right now. But finding that person that you, you trust, that's not that friend that's going to be like, oh, no, I think you're okay. But that person who's really going to hear you and saying it out loud. And I mean, I know that was one of the greatest moments for me when I walked into a room of women who were in sobriety and knowing that I wasn't alone and saying it out loud was so incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. and still knowing out loud and being able to say it and talk about it, it still can bring me to tears because I know, like, I know, like it was yesterday where alcohol will take me. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting too, because I feel like I hear this a lot. It's super embarrassing or it feels like you're exposing yourself. And I'll just say now, like, I don't identify with being an alcoholic. Do I know that some people do and that's important to them and that, and they truly believe that? Absolutely. I just know that it was more, I use the term stronghold. And, you know, that's the thing is we can get caught up in all kinds of terms and identities and language. Mm -hmm. But I think that's why there's so many options out there too to learn from and to hear from because you may be someone, a listener that's like, you know, I only drink on the weekends, but I know that when I do, I get a little bit out of control. You know, they may just be curious, like, why is that? You know, because we know, you and I know, as long as we've, you know, dealt with this kind of stuff, you even more so longer. And um, it's just the way our brain works and the wiring. Mm-hmm. So you may be able to be, you know, quote unquote, alcohol free or sober, you know, Monday through Thursday, but then you binge on the weekends and your brain will trick you to say, well, then you're fine. It's no big deal. You just like to go out. You're super social. All your friends are doing it and all the things that it wants to tell us, right? 
But if you are questioning it, and if you're even listening to this and saying, man, that could be me, then it is you. <laughs> because yeah. like you said earlier, Katrina, like, it's crazy how when I have had people in my life that I would share that with some really good friends that I, I go to church with and all, and they're just like, and I was like, have you seen all the decor and like all this cutesy, like all these memes and, you know, mommy on the hip, wine on the lips and all these like hand towels and stuff. And they have no clue because they don't care and it's not an issue. But when we're trying to get away from something, it's just like our brain is like, oh, let me find all the things that are related to that and like drive her crazy. It's just what it does. Yeah. So. Yeah, you mentioned that level of, you know, being embarrassed to even say it out loud. And, and when you say, when you admit something like this out loud, I think it's one of the deepest levels of vulnerability you could ever have. And so I get it. And so when I talk to people and part of what I, I do is I don't know how not to be that vulnerable anymore because of where I've grown and where I've come from. And so I, that's the people I want to be around, but yeah. it is so freeing when you can get that vulnerable and when you can allow yourself to speak out loud that, you know, I might have a problem. And like you said, there's different levels. There's different people who, you know, I've, I, I have a belief that there, there is an actual physical allergy, but I also know that not everybody has that and that people are so afraid of being in the moment, being in their feelings, they don't know how to deal. And so that's mm -hmm. what they turn to. And so it becomes that bad habit. It becomes that thing, that coping mechanism, whatever you want to call it, that, it, that they turn to. And so there's different levels. And I'll, I'll be honest, I used to not be open to this. And I used to be like, no, there's only one way. This is the way because it worked for me. I don't, you know, and I've shifted my, my thinking from that, that there are different levels. And it's sad to me to see how played up it is with the funny memes, with the cutesy little things like this is people's life or death. Yeah. This is people's life or death. I'm well, sure you've, I'm as well say, I'm sure you've seen the school, the mommy stuff, Yeah, you know, about drinking and e-learning and all that stuff. And, you know, for us that have been there and those that see that it's, it really breaks my heart because that's really happening. And it's starting a cycle with these moms that, you know, could end up, in a, a very unhealthy place. Yeah, it, it drives, it, it does. And it, it really just, it drives me crazy watching that stuff happen. Um, I, I, I don't care if you drink and I have to tell people this all the time. Cause I've had, I have friends in my life who are drinkers and they're normie, they're normal people. And so they, they think they need to ask me, is it okay if I drink around you? I'm like, I don't care if you drink. I care about why you might be turning to that drink, but I don't care if you drink. Right. I'm totally the same. And this is a good conversation to have too, because I have, I've been working with some ladies that the biggest challenge with them is they're in this, this age group now, or maybe just in their, their friend group where they do have friends that drink, but they, whether they know it or not, may or may not have a challenge with drinking. We know that we can only decide that on our own, mm -hmm. but they are like, okay, so here's my biggest concern is I want to remove this but yet I'm still going out with my friends and I don't want my friends to feel weird or how do I handle that? And so my biggest goal for the women, especially if that's their end goal is to get to where like now, you know, alcohol just has no power at all. I, it, 
it just doesn't mean anything. You know, I don't want women to get to a place where they're like, yes, I'm not drinking. I'm sober. And, you know, I'm just not going to do it versus to like, I want them to get to a place of freedom to where whether it's sitting on the table beside them or not, or they see the conditioning on the TV and the movies that it's fun and cool, or they see the memes or the decor that they notice and they just move on, that it does not create a physical response in their body. And that is possible. That is absolutely possible. It absolutely is. And I love that you said that so beautifully. And I think that's so important and just so key. It is so possible to be in that space. And I was, as you were speaking, I'm laughing in my head because I'm like, it's so, I have more fun sober than I ever did when I was drinking. And I was Mm -hmm. terrified that my life was not going to be fun anymore. How do you go camping? How do you go out with friends? How do you like enjoy a sunny day? How do you cope because it's raining? Like all the things, right? (laughs) Yes. That's a huge fear in the beginning. And that's something that, you know, that will need to be addressed. Yeah. And understanding that I think the thing is too, is just like, okay, this is your life. Let's look at it in the long term. Because you may have to make some changes in that first 30, 60, 90 days with who you socialize with and what type of routines you have. Because right now, you're going to need to protect yourself, protect your mindset, and you may need to shift your routines. But also, it's going to just get better and better. And then you can create this new life without it that's even better. And honestly, too, I don't know if you feel like this. I know you do. Do you, realize, do you realize how smart we are now and how much clarity our brains have? Like I can learn so many things now and really like embody it because my brain is so healthy. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. 110%. Like I agree with that so much. We're not, we're not clear. And granted, depending on the level at you're at, it takes a couple of years for your brain to get really clear. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Like I would not that I would not be who I am today without all that I've been able to do because I am sober with that clarity and um, learning what I've been able to learn and really take that, take that in. Um, That's not possible when you're consuming. I mean, I'm in a group of mastermind members now and some of them have said like they even notice, like I can't focus as well. I can't take as much information in as well. Like I just don't feel right. And they're not alcoholics. They just like, okay, I need to, I need to eliminate alcohol for 30 days. And they Mm -hmm. do it and they're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. Yeah, absolutely. It, it takes a toll on your body more ways than we realize. Absolutely. So what are you doing now? I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about it. You're helping women, you're empowering women, you're, you're walking them through this. Share with us a little bit more about your mission. Yeah, so that's it. I mean, I'm going to continue sharing and teaching on the podcast. I didn't realize how much I love to teach. I get really fired up about it. (laughs) And, um, and it's a variety of things from just really mindset focused and shifting kind of how we think about things. I think there's so much power in the fact that we have way more control over our feelings and how we handle situations when we have a clear mind. Yeah, We can't even objectively look at things when we're numbing because that's exactly what we're doing. And so my goal is to continue teaching and sharing and then also creating a community 
of women to connect um, on Facebook, like in a Facebook group. And then just continue, I do one-on-one coaching. And I, my goal down the road is for sure, some group coaching for sure, because I just feel like at my core and my heart, that is that community and connection is key. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important to do that. Now, I know that there's going to be people that, you know, maybe don't feel as comfortable in a group setting. Well, that's the great thing about one-on-one coaching. They can kind of be on their own. But then there's some that will really... Uh, have gained a lot of value and probably move a little faster through it, knowing that there's other people kind of holding hands together. And then that's just like I said before, I really want to help women get to a place of, first of all, removing the alcohol so that they can begin to, to regulate their emotions in a healthy way as they shift kind of how that, what they believe, how that, what they believe about themselves, the world that they live in, their relationships and then just continue to grow and then see what I really want to see what's next for them. Cause I believe that we're all created for a purpose and we really can't walk in that purpose when we're numbing and we're clouding up our brain and our hearts. So whatever, wherever they go from there, I just want to help kind of guide them. And then when it comes particularly to alcohol is just getting to that place where it just, just doesn't matter. And then yeah. they can choose to, they can choose to celebrate. You know, I'm working with a lady now. She knows that she is meant to impact others with her story. She just don't know how yet. And so we're working towards that. And then there may be someone else that's like, you know what, this is super private for me. And I just want to like do this. And then they just will show up as a better mom or, you know, as a wife or, you know, whatever it is that they do in their job, but they will excel in who they're meant to be here on this earth. Yeah. So beautifully shared. It's impacting your life in some way. If you're thinking about it or it's come across your mind, like, do I have a problem? There's definitely reason to do some more research to, as far as like, talking to somebody about it or doing the podcast or, you know, reading the books. Um, Normal people don't really question it. They just go on about their lives. And um, I, you know, there are so many people out there who I know could definitely benefit from the work that you're doing and what you're sharing through this. I think it's so beautiful. Um, I want to, I want to ask you kind of shift it back to you a little bit now. Um, I'm asking my last couple of guests this because when this episode airs, it'll be in December. Um, What are you grateful to leave behind in 2020? And what are you taking with you? Ah, that's a good one. What am I leaving behind? I think that I would leave behind any judgments of this year. Mm. and just be at a place of pure contentment that this was exactly how it was meant to be. And then what am I taking into the next year? I am taking my just passion and vision and just praying over it and just expecting God to move in a big way next year for sure. I love that so, so much. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Absolutely. Over on Instagram, it's at Coach Michelle Porterfield. And then you can always message me there. Just take a look at my page. And then um, where I'm at the most is the Set Free Sisterhood group on Facebook. 
if you want to just come and just sort of explore the community and kind of learn from us and be a part of that, it'd be great. I love it. I, your, your mission is so beautiful. So, so incredibly important, um, more than people really even realize. And I already know that you're making such a huge difference and impact in these women's lives. Um, you know, the world is a better place because of it, because of the work that you're doing. Mm, thank you. That means a lot. You're welcome. Is there anything else on your heart you are dying to share with the, the audience before we go? Well, the, the main thing I always say, you know, just don't wait. If you know that you are listening to this episode and you know that you're questioning your drinking, don't allow the holidays and family and stress and 2020 to take you over. Just choose today and choose to at least make a decision to listen to a podcast, read a book, and reach out to someone. Mm, so beautifully shared. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on and you know sharing part of your story and sharing your mission. And um, you guys, I know you're going to love this episode. So please share it. Tag Michelle and I. You know, go leave us a review. Uh, this episode is so timely, so important, and you know, you're not alone out there. If you think you have a problem, you're not alone out there and there's help for you. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.